With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L and also um, at regular column at CBSSports.com called an agent's take on NFL contracts and the salary cap. Uh, this week, we're going to take a look at uh, players in a contract year, um, some intriguing ones, which could be free agents in 2021. Um, we saw that uh, potential list narrow um, in the last two weeks with a flurry of contract extensions. Um, Keenan Allen getting an extension from the Chargers, averaging $20.025 million per year. Uh, we saw Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook both sign long-term uh, deals as running backs, um, over $12 million per year for those guys. Cooper Cup signs an extension last week with the um, – 49 with the Rams, I should say, averaging 15.75 million per year. And Jalen Ramsey, his teammate, um, becomes the first $20 million per year defensive back. Uh, first, let's focus our attention on offense and we'll take a look at quarterback. The big elephant in the room has been Dak Prescott, who is playing this year on a $31.409 million franchise tag. First, all franchise players. Um, who signed the tender or one-year deal can't do a deal until the end of the regular season, uh, January 3rd. So they couldn't do an extension um, during the season. A lot of teams don't do extensions during the season, um, particularly the Texans have had a long-standing policy like that, and also um, the Steelers. But getting back to Dak Prescott, um, the Cowboys, if they want to retain him, make sure he doesn't hit the open market. A second franchise tag next year is going to be a shade under $37.7 million. He's reaped the benefit of being patient. There are reports out there that he was willing to do a five-year deal in the $35 million per year range if there was a clause which didn't include a franchise tag um, for the fifth year, which means they're going to have to redo him in the fourth year anyway to make sure that they retained him. Not doing the deal means he's going to going to end up Going past um, uh, Deshaun Watson, unless something goes terribly wrong this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson signed a four-year extension, um, averaging $39 million per year, with uh, about 111 overall guarantees, like 73 and some change fully guaranteed at signing. So look for Prescott to be a $40 million per year quarterback in a long-term deal if Dallas wants to keep him beyond 2021. Now, this is where things get interesting. If they can't reach an agreement, then Prescott plays for his 37-7. Um, a third franchise tag would be basically $54.275 million. 
he could be the next Kirk Cousins. And we saw what Kirk Cousins did in free agency. Briefly became the highest paid uh, player in the league on a fully guaranteed three-year contract, which was structured in a way which set it up so that they had to redo him this year because his cap number was big enough where the um, Vikings were going to need cap relief. And also, um, they weren't going to be able to restrict him from hitting the open market if he played out the final year this year in 2020. Cam Newton won the New England quarterback job as expected. He signed, he's on a one-year deal for base value of $1.75 million. Maxes out at $7.5 million. If he maxes out the deal, then he's going to be in that same conversation as Dak Prescott for a $40 million per year guy. This is a chance for Newton to resurrect his career from two injury-plagued years. Last time we saw him healthy before the shoulder started bothering him in the 2018 season, first half of the year as an MVP candidate, and then the foot injury last year derailed um, the 2019 season. But in order for him to max out, to get 7-5, can't miss a game, he'll have to go to the Pro Bowl, have to be first team or second team all NFL and New England have to win the Super Bowl. So if he can max out, get the seven five, then that's where he's going to be. If he just performs uh, like he's been Cam Newton, he's going to be in the $30 million per year range. And his deal allows the uh, Patriots for the franchise tag on him. So he could be back or, or it could be a showcase year. Now, Mitchell Trubisky's an interesting one. He beat out Nick Foles, at least for now, as the starting quarterback for the Bears. And they declined the fifth-year option. If the cap is at the $175 million floor, which I don't suspect it will be, because we've seen a flurry of extensions. Teams are acting like that um, we don't necessarily, we're going to have a higher cap. Plus, the more fans are in the stands, more revenue, so the cap's going to be higher than the, the floor. But if it is at the floor, the Bears will get a break if, Trubisky played well enough to stick a franchise tag on him because it would take some sort of phenomenal year for me to be comfortable giving him a long-term deal. So I'd make him do it again. And if at the floor of 175, the franchise tag number would be a little over $24 million. It doesn't reach the fifth-year option that they turned down on him for 24.8. $37 million until you get above $180.5 million as a cap. So that's an interesting little dynamic because the cap is going to go down in most cases, in all likelihood, that they could actually end up ahead if they decided to restrict them than if they put the fifth-year option on them. But that, that's something I doubt you'll, you'll ever see again. And let's turn to uh, running backs. You've got Marlon Mack, who was basically in a situation to showcase himself with the drafting Jonathan Taylor, but he tore his Achilles. You never want to see a guy get hurt in a contract here, particularly serious injury. Um, he's probably looking to come back and do a one-year prove-it deal um, in India or someplace else. But Chris Carson is the most intriguing running back. Um, two straight 1,000-yard years. He's been the top five in rushing. Past Each of the past two years had 1,151 rushing yards in 18, uh, 1230 in, in 2019. The running back market is very well settled now because we saw Derrick Henry as a franchise player sign a deal at $12.5 million per year, 20.25.5 million in guarantees. Joe Mixon comes in at $12 million per year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 12, $12.6 million per year, 28 in guarantees. 
And Alvin Kamara signed what on paper is a $15 million per year deal with uh, $34 million and some changing guarantees. But it's really a four-year deal um, averaging uh, 12 and a half. Uh, just because he's got it's 50, it's 50 over four. He's got 25 million in total compensation in the last year, so I doubt he's going to see that deal. Yeah, that, some people could say that acts like a uh, no franchise tag clause, but it remains to be seen whether he's going to be worth something. Um, since he's a running back after the 2024 season, it's really to me a way for you to pump the average up, so it makes the agent look better. But if you're going to get a deal done with Chris Carson. We see that the range is probably $12 million per year. Um, wide receivers, um, Allen Robinson is the one of the most immediate concern. Um, he wants to stay in Chicago. He's been disgruntled because they haven't worked out a long-term deal. They're, they're negotiating now. So, to me, the range is really between the new deal that Robert Woods did, um, which averages $16.25 million per year. That was a four-year extension. And there's $32 million in guarantees on that one. 18 and a half fully guaranteed at signing. And Keenan Allen. Um, Keenan Allen um, signed for $20.025 million per year. $50 million in guarantees. 32 fully guaranteed at signing. really think Robinson's going to probably end up in the $18 million per year range. That's just my guess. Uh, Allen's deal is averages $19 million per year after the first three. Final year, ballooning um, salary, $23.1 million in the last year. We have A.J. Green, who's playing on a franchise tag at $18.71 million per year. He's got to stay healthy. He's at didn't play last year because of a freak training camp ankle injury. Year before, was injured. Uh, he's got to be healthy. Um, first thing, get through the season unscathed. And now develop a better rapport with um, Joe Burrow. Burrow looked to him, but not a lot of connection between those two Thursday night uh, against the Bengals. He's got the $18.171 million franchise tag. He probably views himself still as a number one receiver. He's got a lot to prove this year. Uh, what he does this year will go a long way in determining what type of contract he gets next year. Uh, he may not be there in Cincinnati for the long term because they may be better off going on a youth movement depending upon how this season goes and spending the money that they m- could have spent on green elsewhere. Uh, you've got two third-round picks uh, from 2017, um, Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin, um, in contract years. The conventional wisdom was the Lions would get Galladay done, and he would be their first extension done, not to tackle uh, Taylor Decker. Galladay's yet to play this year because of a hamstring injury, but he is their number one receiver. He still thrived last year without Matthew Stafford once he got hurt. Expect that deal to hit at least $18 million per year as well. And Chris Godwin, breakout year uh, last year, earned some all-pro honors, missed the final couple of games of a hamstring injury, but caught 86 passes for over 1,300 receiving yards, nine receiving TDs, uh, first Pro Bowl berth last year. He's going to be the highest-paid wide receiver on Tampa. It's not going to be Mike Evans. Evans is on a deal averaging $16.5 million per year, so expect him to zoom past that as well. Uh, Let's go to tight ends. we got Hunter Henry um, who's on a franchise tag right now for the Chargers at $10.607 million. He's benefiting from the fact, or at least he's getting penalized now, I should say, from the fact that the Chargers have been able to get guys done who are in contract years. First, Joey Bosa and now Keenan Allen. 
So it's conceivable they could stick a second franchise tag on him, and that didn't seem possible um, a month ago. That you stick a second franchise tag on him, it's going to be uh, $12,728,400. Now, the tight end market's moved dramatically since they stuck the tag on him to begin with. If they hadn't stuck the tag on him and he's in free agency, he's probably on a deal in the same comparable to Austin Hooper with the Browns. That's $10.5 million per year. Now, Kittle's moved the market to 15. Um, the backloaded, team-friendly Travis Kelsey deal is at 14 uh, so he's probably gonna he's gonna come in above Austin Hooper if he can stay healthy and draft off the fact that uh, Kittle dramatically reset the the tight end market. Now you got three offensive tackles who should send Laramie Tunsil a thank you card for moving the market from Lane Johnson's 18 million per year to 22 million per year. A rising tide lifts all boats. Ronnie Stanley, who's in his fifth-year option with the uh, Ravens, um, came in same year as Tunsil, a few picks ahead of him. Um, both received honors last year, both pro bowlers, but Stanley was also a first-team all-pro. Um, he's going to be looking at that $22 million per year as his benchmark or most important data point. If he gets past it, it's not going to be on a three-year extension, most likely, like um, Tunsil did. It's probably going to be a longer-term deal. Um, Bakhtiari, um, the Green Bay Packers tackle, has been in negotiations. They don't have a problem doing deals during the season. Uh, they probably want to pay him close to Lane Johnson at $18 million per year, a right tackle. Bakhtiari, great pass protector. Um, he's probably looking to get past that um, Tunsil deal as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a $20 million per year tackle. Then there's Trent Williams, um, who the Niners acquired from the Washington football team when Joe Staley re- retired. That was a draft day trade. He held out last year trying to get a new deal. Um, didn't play at all because they stuck him on a non-football um, injury list. Uh, they readjusted his deal when he got to San Francisco and also gave him a clause so he can't stick a franchise tag on him. Uh, so he was the highest paid tackle when he signed his deal in, I believe, 2015. It averaged 13.2. So he's probably looking to hit that $20 million per year mark as well. There are also two guards who were given franchise tags this year, Joe Thune of the Patriots and Brandon Scherf of the uh, Washington football team. They have different tag numbers because uh, Scherf's was 120% of his fifth-year option. His tag, $15.03 million. They can't really let him leave town after their best. They traded away their best offensive lineman in Trent Williams, as I was just referencing. So he's got a lot of leverage. The second franchise tag is $18.036 million. So if you're going to get something done with him, it, it's he's going to reset the uh, guard market. So we're talking someone could be seven upwards to $18 million per year as a uh, guard. And Thune... I can't. It was surprised that the um, 40 that the uh, Patriots put a franchise tag on him uh, the first time. Second was going to be seventeen million seven hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred dollars. So I don't really see that happening. A second franchise tag uh, for Thune. Um, I suspect that if he had hit the open market this year, that he would have become the highest-paid guard. Maybe the first fifteen million dollar per year guard. That's what he's going to try to do. 
um, because in recent years when you have had um, an offensive guard uh, who's coming off of a rookie deal uh, hit the open market, um, he's reset it. We saw that with Andrew Norhill, uh, Kelechi Osimile, and Kevin Zeitler. Right now, the standard is Brandon Brooks. He's got a four-year, $56.5 million extension, which averages uh, $14,137,500 per year. Uh, so, Thune keeps playing well. Then, he's going to reap the benefit in the open market. And I say reap the benefit because even if the cap, in a best-case scenario, is flat, players are the best players are going to get paid. They always get paid. It's everybody else has got to worry about it. The first wave will end quicker than it already does. You'll see deals with uh, low first-year cap numbers, ballooning second-year cap numbers. Uh, That's what Kansas City has done for years until they switched it up this year. And years ago, the Saints, it was, I don't know, seven years ago, I don't know, six years ago, uh, Jairus Bird, uh, at the point the Pro Bowl safety, who'd been with the Bills, who'd been franchised, no one thought the Saints could, could make a run at him. But they did a contract with a low first-year cap number, ballooning second-year cap number, and went from there. So I expect that to be how you combat the fact that the cap space could be at a premium next year. So so the best guys are going to get paid regardless. Uh, so just because the cap isn't going to be what we think it would be or what uh, it's going to go or it's going to go down, those guys, the market's still going to be there for those guys. Is everybody else you got to worry about. Okay, let's turn our attention to defense. We'll start with edge rushers. Um, the market for edge rushers has moved dramatically. Uh, first with Miles Garrett. Um, signing a deal for $25 million per year with the Browns. And then Joy Bosa um, becoming the highest paid non-quarterback at $27 million per year with the most guarantees, uh, 102 overall and 78 fully guaranteed at signing both non-quarterback records. So hopefully one of these edge rushers is going to benefit from the market moving instead of it being at 23.5 with Khalil Mack. Um, we have... A couple of franchise players, uh, Matthew Judon, uh, Ravens, Bud Dupree, Steelers. I don't think either one of those guys has a future with their current team. Um, they're probably they're not going to get franchised a second time. Um, that would go to Ronnie Stanley um, in Baltimore. Uh, Pittsburgh's got too many other priorities, so they're really playing, putting on a show for their next teams, uh, most likely. Uh, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year, one-year wonder um, with the Bucks. If he does it again, not necessarily getting to 19 and a half sacks and leading the league, just showing he can consistently put pressure on quarterbacks again. He's over $20 million per year easily. You got Jadavion Clowney, free agency. Did not go well for him um, this year. Um, finally found a home right before the regular season started with the Texans reunited with uh, Mike Vrabel, who had him in Houston. Uh, One-year deal, $13 million. Supposedly, they can't put a franchise tag on him, which was the case when he was traded right before the season started last year from Houston to um, Seattle. No franchise tag clause in, in there as well. We saw last year you put a bunch of pressure on the quarterback, but get no sacks, you're not getting paid. Uh, so Clowney needs to get to the quarterback and take him down if he wants to truly get paid 
what he thinks he's worth. He was supposedly looking for over $20 million per year to start with and lowered the expectations. He did the smart thing to me. It's better to take a one-year deal than a long-term deal you're not going to be satisfied with. He's got to come out and play like gangbusters. His best years were with the Texans um, under Vra- um, when Vrabel was there. So knows the defense, easy transition. Then there's Yannick uh, Ngakwe. Uh, wanted out of Jacksonville in the worst way and proved it financially. Was supposed to make $17.788 million on a franchise tag, but took a haircut down to 12 in the trade to the Vikings. And in the trade to the Vikings, if you're going to take that much of a haircut, you need a clause where you can't be franchised by them. So by doing that, <laughs> your second franchise tag is going to be lower than your first one. Because even if we're just talking 120 uh, percent of what you're you're making this year at 14.4, and that 14.4 number is interesting because that's what the deal that um, they signed, the highway robbery deal that they signed Daniel Hunter to averages. So if they do a long-term deal with Ngakwe and it's a market deal, he was looking to join that 20 million dollar per year pass rusher club. They're going to have to do something with Hunter. Because that's almost criminal or, or the deal they have with um, uh, Daniel Hunter. Uh, let's go to linebackers, um, off-ball linebackers I'm talking about. Um, Demario Davis took himself on the, off the market. He's an older guy. Um, he's going to be 31. Signed for $9 million per year. That was interesting because uh, first-team All-Pro last year has played his best football in New Orleans. Um, obviously, he's not trying to maximize money, I don't think. Uh, otherwise, he's not signing for $9 million per year. Uh, that leaves us with um, Levante David um, in Tampa, who is so underrated, one of the most underappreciated linebackers. Never goes to the Pro Bowl because edge rushers take the linebacker positions. He's in the final year of a five-year deal, which averages a shade under uh, $10 million per year that he signed in 2015. The going rate for Pro Bowl caliber three down off ball linebackers is thirteen to fifteen million per year. He's thirty. His former teammate, Quan Alexander, got in that range thirteen and a half million per year. Um, even though he tore the ACL on his left knee in the middle of two thousand eighteen. That's what the um uh 49ers signed him to. So I'd imagine Levante David is gonna be looking at trying to get somewhere in what that good off-ball, Pro Bowl caliber, three-down, off-ball linebacker market is. Cornerback is interesting because in terms of contract years, you've got two older guys. Uh, Patrick Peterson uh, coming off a six-game PED suspension last year. Was the highest paid cornerback when he signed an extension in 2014. He's playing out that extension. He's been a true shutdown corner for years. So it'll be interesting to see how Arizona handles him. They already signed uh, Buda Baker, made him a priority, um, rightfully so, younger younger player. Um, they're all pro safety, who's now the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, Peterson's 30. So if he can continue to play well at cornerback, then maybe he signs like a three-year extension. Uh, he's not going to get Jalen Ramsey money. Uh, that's the highest paid guy, $20 million per year. The next is Tredavious White at um, $17.25 million per year. But we saw uh, Darius Slay sign a three-year extension for just under 17. So 
Uh, it all depends on how Peter how Peterson plays this year. And then there's Richard Sherman, who did a very team-friendly uh, three-year deal um, representing himself when he was released by the um, Seahawks coming off the Achilles injury in 2018. Hopefully this time around is not as team-friendly. He's currently on IR, I think, of a calf injury. Should should be back three, four weeks, you would imagine. In 2014, he was the highest-paid corner, and then Patrick Peterson barely eclipsed him. So you got um, another uh, older cornerback, but he's in the perfect system. It's the same system that he played when he was in um, Seattle. So we'll see how much they're willing to pay. He's 32, so he's older than Peterson. So that's probably going to be held against him because how long can you be an elite corner? 32 is probably kind of like you're talking years, 33, 34, 35. Safety, you have a couple of safeties that were franchised this year, Anthony Harris and uh, Justin Simmons. Neither got a long-term deal um, done. Um, I wouldn't rule out um, a second franchise tag. Uh, particularly with Simmons, um, even though that's going to be $13,729,200. Interesting thing going on in that dynamic that his, the new, the guy who took over is the Broncos uh, salary cap manager, cap uh, contract negotiator, Rich Rotato, used to work for his old agency. Uh, so this should have been, it's like, it's not like Rich, Rich, Richard Hurtado knew exactly what he wanted. So this should be, a relatively easy deal to do, I would think. I thought it would have gotten done. Someone's going to be the first $15 million per year safety. Uh, maybe it's Simmons if he duplicates what he did last year, which was his breakout year. Then Anthony Harris, uh, if the Vikings are going to sign him long-term, he's probably going to be the highest-paid Vikings defensive back in history. Um, right now, Xavier Rhodes is that, a shade over $14 million per year. Um, Harrison Smith, their perennial Pro Bowl um, all pro caliber safety is at 10.75 million per year on a deal. I think he did in 2016. Um, so he's going to blow past that. Then Marcus Williams is one to keep an eye on. Everyone remembers Marcus Williams for the blown coverage tackle on what's known as the Minnesota miracle when the saints lost. But, um, yeah, he's given up some big plays, but he is one of the best ball-hawking safeties um, in the NFL. Had four interceptions last year, 13 passes defensed, was second most for safety, a little more consistency. He's going to be right there um, in that neighborhood. Um, $14 million per year is kind of the floor for a top-flight safety. Hey, maybe he's the guy. Um, He might be the one who's he's going to be in free agency most likely. Uh, Saints did take care of uh, Kamara and Davis, so they that does leave the tag for him. They got one of the most challenging cap situations in the NFL, so we'll see if they can even actually put a tag on somebody. But that's going to wrap up uh, wrap it up for this week. Um, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L, and you can read my work at cbssports.com and Agents Take. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.